Thanks, John. A very good morning to you. Welcome back into today's program. Before we go to Galway Greats, I have a little bit of news for you myself today, and I'm delighted to share it with you. I'm privileged to tell you that I will be signing off from Galway Talks for the final time on the 12th of April this year. Now, it's a decision I made. It's a decision that's been in the offing for a while. Didn't make it lightly. Spoke to family, friends and otherwise. And after nearly 34 years of presenting uh, with Galway Bay FM and 20,000 hours talking in to a Galway Bay FM microphone, I think it's time to hand over to somebody else. I'll always be intrinsically associated and linked to Galway Bay FM. Uh, I joined... uh, Galway Bay FM, it was Radio West at the time in 1989, then rebranded. And at that stage, I was doing a Saturday and Sunday afternoon music program. And then from there, I went on to steer the company as chief executive and indeed director under both uh, previous and current ownership. And then, of course, as you know, two years ago, I decided I would only do the program, step down as CEO and director and just do the program. So that has worked extremely well. And um, we decided, I decided actually, sat down, spoke to family and otherwise, just decided the time has come to hand over the reins indeed of Galway Talks to somebody else and I wish them every success and I hope that they get the happiness that I've got out of it over the last 34 years. Started out as the Keith Finnegan Show, then went on to Galway Talks and the brand that it is. But I wish whoever takes over from me after the 12th of uh, April the very best of luck. They deserve it. It's, it's an honour to do it. It's an honour that I love. It's an honour that I'll miss, but I think it's time for somebody else to, to move in and do it. I have a few projects coming up, um, exciting projects, but uh, now is not the time for us uh, to speak about that today. So, anyway, that's the news. That's the gossip today, so it is, that Finnegan is stepping down indeed on April the 12th of this year from Galway Talks. And God knows where you'll find me. I'll be around the place. I'll be in the village. I'm not going anywhere. Speaking of villages and speaking of people, let us go to Galway Greats uh, this morning. Pat Cantwell joined us in studio on Friday evening and he really and truly is a Galway Great. A very good morning to you. Welcome into today's programme. We're looking at Galway Greats and Pat Cantwell sits opposite me today and um, morning to you, Pat. How are you? Good morning, Keith. How are thanks, you? Thanks for joining us um, this morning on the programme. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about yourself. You're, you grew up in Raleigh Row. Yes, that's right. Um, it was my mum's parents' house and um, when they got mar- my dad had a house in Fair Hill but when they got married he moved to the Rally Room. It was a small house and we had a good life. Yeah. Absolutely good life. Uh, and am I right in saying that your dad then was the captain of the Galway Bay? That's correct, yeah. He was a, a lovely stature uh, of a Yeah, man. Paddy was his yeah, name, yeah. yeah. He was a great, uh, I mean he was, a, besides being the captain of the Galway Bay, like he was out of deep sea and all that. Yeah. Sure, I was at, I was at sea since I was seven years old. Really? Yeah. And you, you used to go with them to work? Uh, yeah, like absolutely. And I, I just re- remember one thing. I had a toothache and he called me up to the bridge and he had hot water, a pliers and a glass of whiskey. <laughs> Give me the glass of whiskey, a small drop now, in fairness, and he got the pliers and he took out my tooth and I'm still thanking him to this day. My God, at what age would you have been? Seven. Wow. Yeah. I used to go over to England with him and the whole lot. I remember we were in Liverpool and we were in a taxi and there was a huge crowd going down all the way down the road. And I, I said, what's that about? Oh, some crowd called Shagging Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, when you say he was at deep sea, was he, was he always on the sea? And how did he yeah. settle back into the Galway Bay then? 
Yeah, he well, they just he wanted to be home. Like he was away a lot. Yeah. You know, he was he was all over the place, Cuba and the whole the whole nine yards. Like he was wow a, a marine captain, and that was it. Like, and where did you go to school? I went to school in St Patrick's, and then the Bish. And when you finished in the Bish, then what did you decide to do? I went to Tom O'Connor's because I had a good old gift of the gab. And I started off there and selling electronics and the whole lot. And it was a marvellous place. And then after a year and a half, about, I, I left and I went to Western Motors selling cars mm. with Matt Cunningham and Alan Cruikshank. And that was, that was grand. And then Tom approached me and asked me to, would I go back? And I, I did and I never regretted it. So Tom, at the time, started at behind his mum's house. That's in right. St. Mary's Road. St. Mary's Road, yeah. yes. Because I'd remember my dad would have been close friends with him. Yeah. And then he moved to Woodkey. That's right. On the corner there. On the corner, yeah. That became an optician yeah, then in later that's life, right, yeah. yeah. And actually, actually, our president, Michael D., he lived in O'Connor's house. Going back that time, he was a That's student. right, I forgot that. He, when he was a student, he served yeah. Tom's mum. Yeah. Wow. And, I mean... Did you have the grow for you had the grow for the talk? What did you have the grow for the electronics as well? Mm, not <laughs> really, Keith. Not really. It just it kind of it came to me, and I just kind of grew into it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And I always liked talking to people, and uh, you know, I got on well, and I I, I had great sales. Yeah. Like, and who else was in the family? I know Ray, your brother, because he lives close yeah, to me. Ray and my brother Nicky. Then he was a, another sea captain. And then my my sister Martina was, um, she worked in St. James's Hospital in Dublin. She was um, in the lab. Mm-hmm. And my sister Phyllis was, uh, she was a kind of a secretary in, in the Connacht Laundry. Right. And then she married Tony King from Bovermore and uh, she lives in Bowling Green. Well, well, it's, it's a great thing to see the Galway connections. I mean, the heart of Galway, Riley Robe being yeah. the heart of Galway. Oh, absolutely. And your dad having a house in Fair Hill, I mean. Yeah. You know, that, that's real town, so it is. Yeah, that's absolutely. I'll, I'll go back to being real town in a minute uh, from there. So, at what stage then, did you stay with Tom O'Connor then in O'Connor TV? I did, yes. And th- had the colour TV come in at that stage? Oh, it had. I, I mean, look, I remember the um, the Rathbone Flats. Oh, yeah. And at 26 in Sony TV, it would take four of us to carry it up there. <laughs> Was it a telephone yeah, or something? Yeah, and uh, no, it was Sony. Sony, sorry, but yeah. But mad, it had a thing called a shadow mask. It was about, I don't know, good few stone weight alone. And uh, we, we'd done a lot of rentals, yeah. you see. So that's that's where where it all kind of generated. So it was constant money coming in every week. So yeah. it was a very successful business. And I, I have to say that, like, the guys that were light years ahead of everybody else, they weren't afraid to... to, to do things, do you know what I mean? The video library and... That's, I forgot the, that. Yeah, great advertising. Uh, we used to have, I mean, I used to give courses on how to make videos and, 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 and microwave cooking. And, you know, upstairs <laughs> yeah. and the thing, and we used to, yeah. it was tra- training and it was free to people, so they were always progressive, you know. Yeah. And... But you had the gift of the gab as well, and you had you had the interest in the customer as well. Oh, absolutely! And, and to be honest, with 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 Tom and Ray O'Connor, customer service was absolute key. I met so many wonderful people, and I mean, it was a, it was a journey for people to come into us because what's the news thing? You know what I mean? At one stage, Tom hired out the the the, the ballroom in the great, the great Southern Hotel, 
and we had a big we moved the whole shop up there wow and a big show and you know I went to Germany and I came back with a a television with um, done in alligator skin wow do you know what I mean yeah 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 and we were always the first to have yeah the best of things like you know what I mean I used to go out to Las Vegas for the uh, CES show every January and all the new stuff would come and we'd have it before anybody else wow you know? They were good times, and oh, brilliant. you were single, and you were having right. fun, and you were having. Yeah. And were you, were you a wild young man, or no, no, no? I was not. I, just, I was middle of the road, like kind of a fella. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> middle, middle of the road. And did you continue then to live in uh, Rally Road? Then I did, yeah, until I got married, mm. and then we moved to Murphy. We'll come back to the marriage in a, in a minute. If I was to ask you about a bit of music. Um, that would remind you of those years from the Bish and that type of era. What bit of music would you think of? Joe Dolan. Joe Dolan. Joe Dolan and Seapoint. And... He belting it out. Yeah, much more and all them kind of guys, you mm. Very good morning to welcome into the programme and uh, today we're with you right through until 12 midday. Pat Cantwell sits with me then as well. So Pat, tell me a, a little bit more because um, not alone were you with Tom O'Connor but you did an interest in flying so you had as well. Oh, that's right. I I started out in Karen Moore and my good friend John Clark was a the manager there and um, I just flew, pardon the expression, but I just flew through it. The exams and everything was no problem and, you know, some people are I was just kind of a natural for us. Dick yeah. Byrne that was there that time. And, yeah. You yeah. know, we, we had a great camaraderie and a great a great gang. And was I'd done a night rating in Shannon on instruments that saved my life at one stage. Wow. Believe it or not. Isn't it amazing that your dad and your brother was in the Marine side? Yeah. And you had an interest in That's right. flying. And funny thing, Keith, um, as I've said this before, but my dad, the day I got my pilot's license, mm, says he, and I used to go going out, I used to be buzzing the ship, going out to Arden, you know, dive on it. You would. And he never says once, well, you be careful or mind yourself or whatever. Not once. No. Didn't even acknowledge it. And uh, I, had, I had a great time because um, it was a f- John Clark had a friend and he was a, a very wealthy gentleman and he bought a plane for his girlfriend and she used to come down maybe once a month. So I had the plane for a whole year. Wow. So I used to bring Mary out and out to the Inishir all the time, and you know. Wow. It was great. <laughs> but where did that grow for the flying come from, and how long did it take you to get to fully adapt? And then talk to me about the, the, the night exercise in Shannon then, and how did yeah. that save your life? Because you learn on instruments, you're in the dark. Mm. And what happened was, one day um, I had a student pilot with me, and we were up, we ended up towards Oterard. And he said, can I fly? We were doing a, a treasure hunt. So I said, fine, but listen, just keep it level now. Do not 
go up or down, whatever, right? So I was still studying the, um, the, 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 the questions in the book, and next minute I look, we're up over the clouds. Oh. oh, my God, what am I going to do? Do I call Shannon for radar vectors and they'll give, me, they'll give out sting to me? So I knew where I was, so I'd done a 90-degree turn. So I knew I was heading back towards Galway. And um, going along anyway over the clouds, thick clouds, and I saw a little hole with a little bit of water and a little bit of land. So in 360 down through the clouds, blind, and I came out over into Gill at about 150 feet. Oh my God. Unbelievable. Over the car up. And that, 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 that definitely saved my life, honestly. There was somebody definitely looking after you. Oh, yeah. You mentioned that you brought Mary to Inishir and you brought her around, but yeah. um, you, you, you knew Mary, but she didn't know you, perhaps. No, <laughs> big time. I used to be admiring her, shall we say. She, she worked for Gilmore's, the betting office, and she used to walk down to Tony Sexton's house for her lunch, but she was, they were all, they were related. Is that Tony that used to work in Octon? That's right. Small world. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, um, then I met her one night in Sea Point under, <clears throat> I was, uh, I had a few on me, shall we say, and I got the Braves and went up to her and, uh, she said, are you joking me? She said, if you think you're bringing me home in that, in that condition, you're not, so, but I got her phone number, I rang her the next day and never looked back. Wow. And talk to me about the wedding because um, you're oh, yeah. a, go- a good friend of Ray Shanley's, you told yeah, me. that's right. I was in Ray Shanley's um, studio and he got a call in and there's a, a girl and her father or something had died, so she was cancelling her wedding. And it was at the 29th or 30th of, of, of March. And I just thought for a moment and I said, Ray, you're booked, back on. And then I rang, where's the wedding, says I? And he said, Sacre Coeur. So I rang there and the girl says, I said, I want a, a wedding on the 29th of March. Are you mad? She says, that's two years of a waiting list. I said, will you ring? I called Sean Dunleavy, says I, he's a good friend of mine. There's a cancellation there and I'll take the cancellation. And then I rang Willie Cummins in the Augustinian to Marius and um, Kevin Malarkey, he's Bentley. I had that organized the whole lot. And then I went home and told Mary, <laughs> and, and she had exactly two and a half months to to, to get it all to sorted yeah. out. But I had it all. Oh, I had it all done. She didn't have to do a thing as such. Mm-hmm. And um, the as I said, the reason being was up before the first of April that time, you could get your whole income tax back for a year if you got married. That was an incentive then. Yeah, was it? it was a big incentive. You, know, it was you didn't tell Mary that now, though, did you? Well, I think she did. She, eventually. She the end, you know, eventually, you know. <laughs> you know, so that was it, like. And what year was that? Keith, I don't know. But it was about about 40 years ago. Oh, so the early 80s, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So you had a good life, the two Great of you. life. You had a good marriage. You had a great relationship. We did, we did. And she was, she was you know, she was very good and... She wasn't a nagging or nothing, you know. She was just, she was just a nice person, and she loved children. And Halloween and Christmas—that was her big thing. And she'd go around the street with the kids, and she'd dress up and, you know, fooling the neighbours. Hello, like you know, <laughs> and they wouldn't know who she and the hell she was. And she was a great singer. She was, she sang in the tops of the town with digital, and 
she was Audrey Corbett in the Baracks. She was a high soprano. Mm. And she was um, a member of the Augustinian Choir for more years than I can remember, you know. The likes of Anne Mealy and the rest of That's them. That's right, correct. Yeah. One f- the one, the great, one great crew. A great crew, yeah. yeah. I forget who used to play the organ at that stage, but... Mind. Oh, Sonny Malloy was involved. Sonny Malloy, that's right. Sonny and herself were like that, sure. Yeah. And then, just take me through then. So she was from Merview, and he moved to Merview then when you got back. Yes. We bought a house in McHugh Avenue. Or not McHugh Avenue, Emmett Avenue. In Emmett Avenue, yeah. So, and then you settled in there with the the family and that. I go back to what I'm saying that you had a good life and you got to travel and you got to, you got to do a lot in life. Oh, absolutely! I mean, I've been around the world, and I I went off with Jonathan Marcus, and we'd done about two weeks, and we'd done it uh, a circle and a third of the earth. Get away! Yeah, in, and, in a plane. Yeah, and Hong Kong was my favorite place. I'd live there in the morning because you can sit down on the on the the waterfront there, and there's a hundred boats an hour going up. All different types, etc. You can go over to Kowloon, and I just love the place. And how did you get to Hong Kong then? Flew. F- yeah, we just we just flew with Aer Lingus and all of you. But I rented the carrier, and we just booked it all and hopped it down. Yeah, we uh, Johnny Barrett's son got married in Perth, in Australia, and uh, he was my godson. So the night before the wedding. We arrived at the house. He couldn't believe it, like uh, you know, and he, oh, there was tears in his eyes. It was, mm. it was just wonderful, like you know. So life, life continued to be good then, and you stayed with O'Connors, and they moved then to um, the Incredible Planet. Was that what right, it was called yeah. in, right. on the Hedford Road? There, That's right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that was very good, and it was very successful. But it was ahead of its time. It was always ahead of its time. I'm telling you, know, Casey, there was. There was no place like it, you know? Yeah. No place like it. I remember Tom and Ray put in a radio studio so we could broadcast. That's there. right, Tom. And the pirate ra- but there's a pirate radio station. and That, the was, whole, that the, was like in the early 80s. That yeah, was, yeah. yeah. IRG. Yeah, that's right. They, yeah. Were very, they were very, very progressive. They were very progressive. And Tom was a director of here for many years as well, and a shareholder here as well. He was, he was. For, for many years. And he was in the Chamber of Commerce. He was, he was, he was, he was absolutely everywhere, so he was. Yeah. Can I go back, though, to Mary, because Mary's the love of your life and still is right. the love of your life. Yeah. Um, talk to me about what happened in, in 2022. Mary had um, arthritis. Mm. And we were going to a consultant and, you know, he was giving her, she got pills and treatment and all that. And then she started getting a bit worse. And, uh, you know, the palliative care guys came and then I knew it was curtains, you know. But she had all her family around her, and it was great that way. And Keith, I'm, I'm very philosophical. You know, people get worried about looking down in the grave and all that, but I know she's not there, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And I prayed to her a lot, and, mm. you know, I got her a nice plot in Fort Hill, which she'd love because she was a true Galwegian herself. And that's I love Fort Hill. And that's what's going to bring you back to that, because, I mean, yeah. tr- to, have a, to have a plot in Fort Hill means you're a True town. Uh, true, yeah, true, true town, town, yeah. The only thing that's weird about it is when I go and visit the grave and looking at my own one. Yeah. You know? But that's okay too. Oh, it is. That's okay too. Doesn't bother me. You miss her greatly. Oh, and, I do, yeah. I do, absolutely. Uh, I, unfortunately, in the last year of her life, you know, I was retired and she could come out in the car with me a lot. and She'd come out in the car with me a lot and, you know, we just sit down in the cladder and, 
And she'd, she'd a great eye as well herself for the photographs. And she'd see something and she'd say, take it. And I, yeah, I'll come back tomorrow. No, take it now. Mm. And she was dead right, like, because yeah. the shot had been gone. Um, you've travelled since uh, Mary passed away. I did, yeah. Um, I, I was out, out, in, out to Dubai and Abu Dhabi and uh, I, I, I'll be travelling again, please, God. When Shauna was in the Emirates, the parents got 90% discount. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> 90%. So I, I used to go to Dubai for uh, 100 quid return. Wow. You know what, what? What a lovely thing! Oh, she's, absolutely. she's no longer with Emirates. No, no, no. She's left now, and she's she's marketing manager with um, a company called Neom. They're building a city in 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 Saudi, and it's the budget is five hundred billion. I believe they're gone over it already. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> you know, God, if your if your mom and dad were looking down and could hear those type of figures, or if Mary heard those type of figures now, I know, I know. what would they say? Five hundred billion. What what would they say? Just around, um, just around Mary, and before we leave, and because I want to go back to your photography life and right. that as well, give me another bit of music that you'd associate with you and Mary, and when the kids were growing up and or otherwise. Well, I always loved Hamill and Motown stuff. Now that wouldn't be played in Galway, like you know, yeah. but that was that was my big love in life. Motown, yeah, Motown stuff. Very good morning to you. I come into today's program. I'm sitting uh, talking to uh, Galway Great, which is um, Pat Cantrell. Where did you come up with the idea, Pat, to uh, take all of the photographs that you've done? Uh, you have a massive amount of followers, but you have a massive amount of photographs. Massive is the word, Keith. Um, I always, I, I was more interested in video, and I was making videos when when nobody was, yeah, and uh, doing weddings and for people and friends and the whole lot. And then I, 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 in O'Connor's, we had a camera shop as well. That's right. So I kind of got into it from there, you know what I mean? And uh, I found I had an eye for it. You know, some people just take a shot, but I'd be driving along and I'd see the shot before, you know what I mean? I'd just say, oh, that looks lovely, you know, and I'd take it. So I'd I'd have thousands upon thousands of photographs and I'm trying to think about what I'm going to do with them. And... Possibly I'd leave it to the museum or something like that because I've loads of characters of Galway and faces, you know, that PJ Ruan and, you know, I have photographs of Dillings and, you know... Uh, when did you start taking those? About five, six years ago. Wow. And I used to call it Galway Faces. Yeah. And then Ray O'Brien's son, Paul, said to me, why don't you go Faces and Places? And then I developed uh, a liking for wildlife. Mm-hmm. And I do a lot of swans and all that kind of stuff, as well as people and characters and then scenery as well. 
So, so do you have an awful lot of expensive cameras then? Reasonably, yeah. Mm. I I uh, I got a new one there, and it's not mad expensive, but it's it's called a, a Pentax P one thousand, and an Icon P one thousand. Sorry, and it is the average lens you see on a on a Canon, you know, the white lenses. Yeah, they'd be five six hundred millimeters. This is three thousand millimeters. Mm. So I can get into the craters on the moon, and the CIA and the FBI use them for spying. It's a it's it's a called a bridge camera. So it's just one lens because I don't have time to be rooting in a bag for lenses no, 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 no. when I see the shots yeah. up and done. So I've I've acquired a, a good few friends in the that take photographs like me. Do you know what mm. I mean? And there's Sean Lally and Patrick Russell and Jason Delaney, Jason Delaney, absolute superb guy. He works with the Scobie Swan Rescue. Yeah. He goes into the water, Keith, with his clothes on, taking out swans if they're injured or whatever the hell. I remember the last time we were down at the, uh, where her born was there, in, 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 beside the Mercy. Yeah. And he goes down and he takes up this bird about 30 pounds weight and he comes up the leather with one hand at 11 o'clock at night. Mm. And uh, the bird bit the hell out of him with the wing. Get away. Oh, yeah. And he carried it over to the jail river and put it back in, and she had 10 babies, and they, they got them into a net, because they were going to be washed away. Just a great guy. Yeah. And a, he's a great photographer, a great eye, and uh, he even has a letter from and David Attenborough. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, you you're, you are an artist when you see the, how you construct the photograph, you take the photograph, yeah. and then you file it up on... How many photographs roughly would you have? Um... Maybe 50,000. 50,000. And I don't use software. That's my one book. A lot of photographs, they're nice, but they're, they're, they look, mm. they don't look, they look fake, they're over, they're yeah, overdone. They're overbaked. Yeah, I might use an odd filter, but I would not. I, 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 I try to avoid software if I can, you know. Mm. And would you, um, will you continue with it? Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll continue with it until the day I die. You know, oh. and there's a great camaraderie of guys like that. I've another girl, Grania Riddell, like she's mad into the astronomy, meteorology, and wildlife. And she's just, you know, she's a great friend of mine. And then there's Taoshang Zhang, the professor up in the college. Oh, he's brilliant as well. Yeah, he? he's very good. And, you know, we're friends. Like, So you have an, a photography network of we people have, then. That's right. That we just meet each other. each other out at different locations. And, yeah, yeah. You know, you swap a few old stories and whatever the hell. So you stay with the photography. What's then for the rest of the future then? A bit of travel, you were saying? Oh, travel. Travel yeah. big time. Well, I can. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, I, I just love travel. Mm. You know? So, I mean... Shauna, God bless her, she says, uh, for my last birthday now, she said, I'll bring you anywhere in the world for a week. Wow. Yeah. What an offer. Yeah. What an offer. And have, how many children do you, did you have Mary have? Three. Three. And where are the other two? Glenn, my son is an electrician and he was in, he was in Australia for four or five years and he came, he bought his house cash. And at the time he was 28. So he had his head screwed on, he was a great guy. And he still is like him. Is he still in Australia? Yeah, no, no. He left that and he's, he's with Boston Scientific now, but he's only just after coming back from Penang in Indonesia. You know, he was out there assembling the machine 
to send machines out there and mm. he d- there's a bit of travel involved for him and my son then is Evan he's DPD and uh, he's a mad worker I go around in the van with him sometimes he could deliver 250 parcels in a day wow it's crazy Keith but to me community, I mean so the three children are very driven between yes. your daughter oh, yeah. and two sons oh yeah there's no it isn't from the wind that they got it because Mary's no. family I'd have known because I grew up close to them yeah and um, and then the way you yeah, operate, we all we all worked all the yeah. time. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there was no there was no question of yeah, you wouldn't want to work. You know what I mean? Can I ask you as we kind of come to a close on it because you have a very interesting life? But tell me about um, you wouldn't be into sport now no more than myself in any way. No, but you got an invitation to Manchester United. I did. I did. <laughs> uh, Sharp were the main sponsors, and I had the highest sales in Ireland of sharp microwaves they were eight nine hundred pounds that time each because there was an oven combination so I wanted to give his way to somebody that would deserve it because I don't even know what offside is (laughs) I've never had football boots on me in my life God forgive me but it's the truth and Mary then was the opposite lunatic for hurling and the whole lot Mm. and their whole family were sports orientated anyway I get to London and uh, or Manchester sorry and uh Nobby Styles picks me up at the airport, who I didn't even know. Who Nobby Styles was, yeah. Yeah, that's Go right. On. And then I was brought out onto the pitch and there was two Kerry lads there and they were nearly grazing on the hallowed ground, you know? And down into the um the dressing rooms and Reedley's spearmint chewgum and Lasser's cream and flip flops left out for all the boys. And uh then I had my lunch with Martin Edwards, the chairman, in his private box. And it was um, champagne and roast beef. And he had, you know, there was a replay instantly on the TV. And I was afraid of my life he'd say something to me about, you know, <laughs> and I wouldn't have a clue. <sighs> so after the match, um, we were down in the lounge bar and the team, the whole team had to come up, shake my hand and, how do you do, Mr. Cantwell? You're very welcome. <laughs> And to this day, I couldn't tell you who they were. And all because you were so good at selling sharp yeah. microwaves. Yeah, that was it. And they wouldn't let me transfer it. I wanted to give it to, I really wanted to give it to some genuine fan that, you know, it'd be the trip of a lifetime for them. Yeah. But they wouldn't let me. Oh. To finish out, Pat Cantrell, give me another bit of music, will you? To do with maybe the microwaves or your trip to Manchester or your wedding or when one of the children were born or... Give me another bit of music that means something to Pat Cantwell. Jimmy Crochet. I loved him. He was killed in a plane crash, actually. But um, he, he just has nice ballads, you know, lovely, like ballads. And I, I was never... I, I like a bit of classical music. The only thing I, only music I don't like and I'm going to get killed for it is jazz. Mm. I can't do jazz at all. But every other type of music I, 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 I like, you know. So a bit of Jim Crochet. Yeah. Pat Cantrell, you are a Galway great and thanks for popping into us this morning. Not at all. Thank you, Keith, for having me. Mm. 
Bad Bad Leroy Brown Bad Bad Leroy Brown but Oliver Turner sits opposite me today and we've got loads of texts and I'll give them to you if I can before we finish Oliver morning to you morning to you Keith yesterday wasn't Galway's day not good uh, at any level no. uh, hurling football yeah um, yeah, they looked well off the pace. No, first game for the footballers, you know, quite a few injuries. You know, when you're missing the likes of Sean Kelly and Damien Comer, as we saw from last year, they're just pivotal players. And it's very difficult for for Galway to function at full tilt without your leaders. And that's but they the reality. Will come back. They'll come back. In time. Um, but again, we spoke about this last week when we were previewing the programme. I wouldn't expect anything in this year's National League from Galway or from a lot of other counties as well it was an extraordinarily strong showing from Ulster at the weekend I mean across all the divisions of the nine counties who played from Ulster there was eight wins and a draw so they seem to have really come out of the blocks largely because Mickey Hart is new in Derry they had a great win in Kerry on Saturday night and uh, Monaghan came out of the blocks with a good win over Dublin and Jim McGuinness and Donegal in Division 2 destroyed Cork so they're anxious to get back up straight away but I'm not so sure that a lot of counties like Dublin or Kerry are going to get too excited over losing in the first round of the league Dublin showed last year you can drop down to Division 2 it doesn't matter a jot it's timing your run now in the split season and getting yourself right for May-June that's the key so from a Goa perspective I think that's where they're at as well in thinking now not that they went out to lose to Mayo there was a few you know disappointing aspects to the game the biggest was probably going 20 minutes without a score when they had a gale at their backs in the first half you can't be doing that lads (laughs) and I suppose in the end you know they were playing catch up in the second half when they were against the elements and that was always going to prove problematic even if you're only a point up at half time you have something to defend but when you're four down and chasing a game and then Mayo have a, a gale force win Mayo look good I mean I think from a Mayo perspective you know you don't want to be getting too excited too early in the year we've seen how that's worked out before you know so I think Kevin McStay will be chopping and changing he probably wants to lay down a marker he's had you know, three good wins over Galway now and a draw in the yeah. first round of the league last year. So they're well positioned. Uh, hurlers then? Hurlers just probably experimental. No Thomas's lads back just yet. They'll need them back in the next few weeks. They won't even need them next weekend because the first round of the league is Westmead. So again, it was probably look at the fact that it was a travel. It was down in Carlow to play Wexford who hadn't as far to go. And I, look, I'm not making excuses. They, they should have been better, but they weren't. Long and way down though, Carlo. in the end... Henry Shefflin would have said, "Look, we got what we can out of the um, out of the Walsh Cup in terms of you know getting the maximum number of games in terms of preparation for Westmead next weekend." But you know things are going to ramp up significantly in the coming weeks. Then with with stiffer tests in the league, but it's all about the Leinster Championship at the end of the day. And Galway have to win Leinster this year, I think, to have any realistic chance of toppling Limerick in the bigger picture and uh, when I say Limerick they're the ones obviously that need to be shot down uh, the ladies were unlucky they lost out to Mayo I thought they had a chance of snatching a draw at the end in a, in a very windy Duggan Park but lost by a point the intermediate Camogie girls uh, they held on to beat Kilkenny again a big game of two halves because of the wind but they won by three points so good win for them and mixed fortunes for our schools teams as well in Camogie uh, especially tough luck for Prez Athenry they were beaten by Ursuline in the A semi-final but a good, good win for Rayfields in the B Mm, absolutely and soccer wise then yeah the FA Cup cross channel was the the big tournament of the weekend Um, again all of the big guns were kept apart when it came to the fifth round draw Manchester United looked in a little bit of bother against Newport County but eventually came through 4-2 so they're in the hat and the last of those fourth round games will take place uh, tonight 
where you've got Blackburn against Wrexham and whoever wins that will be at home to Newcastle. Mm. Uh, Liverpool got through 5-2 against Norwich so that was the first game since uh, Jurgen Klopp uh, announced that he was stepping down and a statement from Liverpool this, this morning saying that they're very, very disappointed uh, with Keith Finnegan stealing Jurgen Klopp's thunder by announcing that he's stepping down straight after Jurgen Klopp. So, looks like anybody so, who's doing really well and at the top of their game, that now is the time to say you're stepping down. Somebody said first Klopp, now Keith. Um, who's next? Go. <laughs> go on, keep going. Though, um, so that was in the in the soccer side of things. Uh, in rugby at the weekend, there was uh, one game of note in the Junior Cup where Buccaneers beat Sligo. So that sets up uh, books against Ballinasloe in the quarter-final. Ballinasloe will have home advantage for that one. Those quarter-finals, by the way, are going to be on the weekend of the 24th and 25th of February. So some interesting ties to look forward to there, including uh, Dunmore against University of Galway. So our gang will be getting all excited down our way for that big date. Uh, it'll probably be Sunday the 25th for that game as well. Uh, the American football, if you wonder why there's a few bags under my eyes, I did stay up late did to watch it. What time is it on? At their championship game. So the first one was just after 8 o'clock, the, the match between... Kansas and Baltimore Ravens so Baltimore they were fancied they were at home but Kansas City Chiefs um, I don't know how you describe them from a from a GA point of view they're just one of these teams that the further you get into the championship they just know how to win games you know they're like a Corafin of American football yeah. and they've got the best quarterback in Mahomes and he just knows how to get them over the line and for all of their quality this year, Baltimore just made so many errors and were forced into them by Kansas City Chiefs, who are now in the final for the fourth time in five years. So only other two or two other teams have done that, including the all-conquering New England Patriots. So Kansas City will take on who the, the side who've been the favourites from the outset, San Francisco 49ers. And San Francisco really put to the pin of their collar before they beat Detroit Lions, who are the romantic story of the American football season. But the 49ers came through 34-31. So it's the 49ers against the Chiefs. And the 49ers will probably be made the favourites by the bookies. But for me, the Chiefs are the ones. Because so long as you're up there and you have to be knocked off your perch, that means an awful lot. Yeah. And uh, Taylor, John just said to me there, Taylor Swift's boyfriend, plays. Travis Kelsey. Yeah, so he spoke afterwards as well. He's a big lad. He's a big block of a fella. Is he? So for any big blocks of lads who think that they have a chance of getting an international pop star as a girlfriend, Kelsey gives us great hope. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Taylor Swift was there. Yeah, and you're looking out the window. The, the skinniest fella going like I know. Yeah, well he's, yeah. he he started. He threw in the grenade. Yeah. So anyway, that's um, that's the Super Bowl. Look at it. I find it interesting. I find it. I find it good uh, to watch, especially later on the season. There's great razzmatazz and tactics involved. The golf season uh, it finished on Saturday because they didn't want to clash with the American football last night, which makes sense. The NBC were, were covering yeah. it. Shane Lowry had an albatross, which is holding out his second shot on a par five, which he's never done before in professional golf. So that bumped him right up the leaderboard into the top 25. Reeves will pay check, but uh, it was uh, Mathieu Pavon from France who won that tournament out at the Farmers Insurance Open. Doesn't look like a farmer, Pavon, but he won't mind the check that he got for that as well. Live Golf rearing its head again. Another Story defector. Roy. So this time it's Tyrrell Hatton, or Tyrell, as some of the Americans like to say to him, to get him going. Tyrell. He's a feisty Englishman. So he's heading over. He's he's taking the Saudis' money to jump and join Live Golf this week. He'll be announced later How much on. How did he get? I don't know. What would you think? Probably 50 million. Like Ram got... Ha- it's vulgar, really. Lamb got 500 million. No, he might have got more, though. 
you know, but I don't think he can much more. But okay. he was on the Ryder Cup team, so he'll be off this this week. Can we go back to over the line tonight? I, I passed by it by mistake. Yeah, no, over the line. We'll we'll finish with that because we're heading off to St Thomas's, so we're going to have a chance to celebrate with the All Ireland champions. If you can imagine, last Sunday night, the homecoming was interrupted, but it would have been an awful lot better if we didn't have a storm yeah. going on at the time. So yeah. it was quite difficult. So you know what? We reorganised the troops, players, management, supporters, everybody heading to the village inn in Kilcrease tonight for what will be a raucous occasion celebrating St. Thomas's second All-Ireland. And we're going to be there between 8 and 10, talking to everything from manager Kenneth Burke to Aina Burke, the hero with the winning point, to Conor Cooney, the what team a, captain. What a point, what a point. Oh, look, it's, it's yeah. extraordinary. Yeah. Is there a good crew going down with you? Yeah, there's a big gang going up there now. So George uh, and Niall Kahneman and Sean will be there and, uh, you know, we'll be... We'll be getting to as many as we can in the two hours and, and re in, enjoying and reliving some of those great moments, not just from the All-Ireland final, but the semi-final as well. People yeah. are almost forgetting well, about the penalty uh, shootout win over Ballygunner, but that was pivotal as well. Will you have some of the uh, audio clips? Cause, uh, we'll have the, yeah, then we'll be playing that. I mean, sure, you'd listen to Andy Burke's winning point all day long. Just well, keep well playing that over and over. and you, what you did with that uh, clip that you put Yeah, 37,000 people have enjoyed it so far since yeah, uh, Friday. So and They're all from St. Thomas's. So they're all, well, I'd say they're from all over the world somehow that are watching that clip, Keith. Yeah. It was uh, a real, real moment of the year so far coming so early in the season. So make sure you tune in tonight. Over the line special from St. Thomas's 8 to 10. Super duper, Oliver. Thank you indeed for joining us. That's it for today from us. Uh, more back with you tomorrow morning. And again, if you want to get in contact with us during the day today, you can do so to come and see M-M-E-N-T-S at goldwaybfm.ie Thank you by the way for all of your messages of support uh, this morning they're just flooding in on my little announcement a big announcement uh, that I'm stepping down on the 12th of April and I'm not going to say it any other mornings now but uh, yeah the 20 sorry the 12th of April this year I'm stepping down after 34 years with this wonderful wonderful company I have to say um, but thank you and also I'll give you those uh, comments that came in about Pat and um Pat Cantwell, there's loads of people reminiscing, those that worked with him in O'Connor's, those that he took photographs of. They're all reminiscing. I'll give you those two tomorrow morning on the uh, programme. That is it, though, for today. A momentous day, I have to say, in my life. So thank you for your support, each and every one of you. Join you, though, tomorrow morning, just after the 9 o'clock news. And each and every morning. I'm taking a few days off on St. Patrick's Day, by the way. Otherwise, I'm with you right through until the 12th of April. Don't forget that if you have a good story for us, comment C-O-M-M-E-N-T-S at galwaybfm.ie. That's the way you get in contact with us. And you can also call us on 0917700077. From your studio, Keith Finnegan, John Morley produced today, Siobhan took your comments, and Quiva helped as well. Until tomorrow, just after nine, enjoy your Monday and the fine weather. Soak it all up. <laughs>